You're listening to the Beauty in the Network podcast, hosted by Jasmine Jones, licensed cosmetologist, bridal beauty team owner, and business coach to beauty pros and creative entrepreneurs. Tune in weekly for tips, tricks, and hacks on how to up-level your lifestyle, maximize your productivity in your business, and use the most efficient and up-to-date marketing strategies to get your business seen online without the burnout. Thanks so much for tuning in. Here's today's episode. Okay, hey guys. So today's episode of the podcast, I'm super excited because we have a guest. So today's guest is Emily Alderson, and she is an amazing stylist. You have to go follow her. I will link all of her details in the show notes. But Emily, she is a salon owner. She is a business coach to hairstylist, and she is amazing at hair extensions and so many other things. But I cannot do justice with her introduction. So I'm going to let you, Miss Emily, share a little bit about yourself, what it is that you do, and how you got started. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's kind of fun to be on the opposite end because you did my podcast and now we're sharing together. It's so fun. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you for being here. You are welcome. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've been in the industry over a decade now. I think my journey, like so many else, everybody else's has kind of evolved over the years um, as you kind of grow and change and it took really um, getting to the place where I am now comes from a long line of learning, (laughs) making mistakes and figuring things out from them, Um, investing in myself and my business as far as personal development and business development and really taking care of what I do and why I do it. And yeah, it's just been so exciting. And now I'm helping others kind of do the same thing you know yes and that's so exciting and you you said something that I know that we'll probably talk a little bit about throughout this episode but you were talking about making mistakes and actually um solving them right so that's a huge thing for you know hairstylists in the industry we're always trying to avoid mistakes we don't want to make you know the wrong move but it's all a part of the journey but aside from that um before we even hit record I was telling Emily how um I am certified in a few different methods of extensions, but I never really um, put the effort into growing a clientele. So I really want to see um, or hear some amazing tips that you have when it comes to one, what got you started with the love of hair extensions? And what are some steps for stylists if they are thinking about maybe transitioning into doing hair extensions? How did you start to grow your clientele? So what got me into it was um, solutions to problems. I naturally have really fine hair, so there's not a shampoo or serum or vitamin out there that's going to make my hair do this ever. It's not going to happen. And so when I was in cosmetology and I didn't actually know what extensions were um, growing up. And so when I got into cosmetology school and I was in a different state in a different area and the girls were doing them and practicing, I was like, what is this? Like, wait, what? I can have long hair, you know, I can have thicker hair or I can change up my color. It was so exciting. And so, um, 
in the beginning, I just kind of dabbled, you know, you're kind of finding your grounding and figuring out what exactly you want to do in your career. And for me in the beginning, I did everything, you know, there wasn't anything I said no to. And it served me at that time, you know, now I can tick off the boxes of like, I don't do that anymore. I don't want to. Um, and as I've grown extensions was like the one thing that it was always, I kind of always came back to like, Oh, you want some highlights, but your hair is naturally dark. Let's just throw in some extensions. Like why waste time and bleach, you know, or you just wanted a little bit thicker or, you know, as I've really developed my craft, I have clients who have gone through chemotherapy and lost all their hair or have, um, and I don't want to butcher the name, but you know, where they pick or pull at their hair and have patches and lost their hair. Or I have a client who has had a kidney transplant, same thing. And her hair doesn't come back the same, you know, so being able to have solutions to problems like that, I love, and I thrive on them. So how do I build a clientele on that? I think it's, I don't think it's any different than any other method or any other specialty. I love what I do. And And that's what I put out there. So promoting on social media, promoting behind the chair, um, it's really the same as everything else. I love extensions for myself. I know you don't necessarily have to wear them in order to sell them or promote them or for that to be your thing. But I feel like I'm right in it with my clients, you know? I know what it feels like to have the itch in between the tracks, you know? I know what it feels like to like not want to wash your hair for five days and... So that's part of my marketing as well. Like I'm right there with you. And then the other tip I would say, and I lost it. It was good. Maybe I'll figure it out. But um, yeah, just just loving whatever you want to specialize in. I think that's the key. Absolutely. And I love those tips so much. I know for me, when it came to bridal and, you know, when I was learning about like all these bridal updos and all these bridal like um, makeup techniques and products and all of these things, um, when I started to really try and grow my uh, brand based around bridal, um, I know one thing that I did to kind of like build my name out there was I did model calls and I did model calls. I did, you know, conference complimentary um, makeup just so I can, you know, use those techniques, see what those products, you know, um, like how they hold up throughout the day. And I think I did maybe like one model call when I was trying to get into extensions. I did one model call and I was like, okay, this is enough work for for free. (laughs) And then I just kind of like went on um, and never really like pursued it. But I do agree with you. Like you have such a passion for what you do, all of the videos, all of your reels. Um, I just saw one of you talking about like maintaining your extensions. And I was like, you you can tell the passion that, that you have for it. So I love that so much. I'm so, glad you said that because I remembered what I wanted okay, to say. Perfect, it was perfect. Um, networking. Networking is the other thing. So model calls, working with a bridal stylist, working with an esthetician, somebody who is like in the same sort of vein, but doesn't offer the same services. So mm-hmm. for example, I have a client on the books this week. She's getting married. She wants long hair for her wedding, you know, and I gave her several options as far as like, how long do you actually want to wear this? Do mm-hmm. you want 
want it just for the day of, or do you want it to be something that's part of your lifestyle? And so being able to like give her options like that is, is really fun. That's so true. So many times when we are working with brides, they're like, I want hair extensions. And I'm like, okay, well, here are all of the options for you. Like, how long do you want them in? And all of those, you know, nitty gritty questions that people don't really think about when it comes to, you know, figuring out if they want extensions or not. Um, so let me go to my third question for you, my third and fourth question for you. So over on your Instagram, I see your I don't want to say adorable. It's not adorable. It's like very sophisticated, very classy, very elegant um, salon space. But when it comes to um, the client experience, you just talked about, you know, some of your clients, they have, you know, went through um, different life experiences where they might have lost hair or, you know, the hair is coming back in a different way. So with that, how important is it to you to create a client experience um, during that hair extensions process? And why do you think that experience is so necessary? You know, these people are investing a lot of time and a lot of money with you. And it means something to them, especially the ones that have gone through hair loss or different things. It's really personal. Um, and so for me, curating a space for them that is comfortable, um, that makes them feel good, especially after something like that, when you've gone through something so traumatic and you feel better, like physically you feel better, but when you look in the mirror, it still reminds you of being sick. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to feel like that. So I curated my salon and I'm, and this is my salon. And if you're in a studio, you could do something like that. If you're in somebody else's salon, it may be different, but for me, I always go back to the golden rule, like do unto others as you would have done unto you. So everybody's guest experience is going to be different because I provide the experience that I would want to have. I want some place that's laid back, but also fun. Like I want to be able to laugh. We can change the music if you like it. Um, I'm not necessarily serving champagne and caviar because that's not the experience that I would want. But if that's something that you would want, probably your ideal client would. So yeah, I think it's, I think it has to be specific to you and your brand and, and what you want to put out there and what you want to give to the client. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I feel like, you know, as service providers, we should all just kind of like map out, like, how would I want to experience this service if I were the client, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a great way to just kind of stand out in a, in a saturated market, right? All markets are saturated, in my opinion. But um, yeah. we have to make sure that we stand out in ways that we can stand out is through that actual experience, because that's what creates those raving reviews that that, you know, bring people back, you know, over and over again. So going into my next question, so you talk a lot about, you know, creating the experience for your clients and really making the experience something that is, you know, worth their time because they are investing in um, your services. So when it comes to, you know, being a business owner and creating a, um, an experience for someone else and making sure that they're feeling, you know, happy and that their needs are met, how important is it at, for you as a salon? owner and a stylist, um, you know, uh, a mom, 
so many roles that we all have to play in life. How important is it to you to constantly work on your mindset? I mean, of the utmost importance. It doesn't matter what you do or how many hats you wear. If you don't have your head right, (laughs) it just makes life so much harder, you know? And and even... (laughs) obviously this year has challenged everyone in different ways and the people that I speak to that have easily flow I don't want to say easily like ease is not without effort but the people that have ridden the wave of 2020 with grace have all have some sort of mindset practice or some sort of uh, meditation practice. They, they know what their business looks like. They know who they are inside and out. They know what they want their business to be and how to move forward with it and how to just like navigate all those things. Most of them have some sort of coaching. Most of them delegate work that they don't want to do. Most of them, um, you know, it takes a village. (laughs) Honestly, it's like how I live my life. It takes a village. I have help with childcare. I have help um, with social media. I have help with things. I was going to say things that I don't want to do, but I don't want to add my kids into that. (laughs) I love my kids, but I don't want a mom 24 seven. I really don't. You need some me time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think work-life balance isn't really a thing. I think every day the balance, the scales are going to tip one way or another, but knowing that whatever I'm focusing on, I'm focusing on that hundred percent in that moment. I think that is kind of the key and that's the balance, honestly. And if you think about hundred percent, then the scales are really, that's not actually balanced at all, but (laughs) I can focus on one thing at a time and plan that in advance that that's really the key. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, as a business owners, even though we want to try and, you know, control everything, you know, our business is our baby, but we really need to make sure that we're always focusing in our strengths. Um, And, you know, where our strengths are, you know, someone else can do like those smaller tasks, like scheduling something or go picking something up or getting something delivered. Um, That can be done with an app (laughs) or like a person um, that you can hire. So that was amazing advice. Um, So my uh, or second to last question for you is, so with these mindset practices that, you know, both you and I do, um, just like you said, during this, this uncertain time. So on days where you have, let's say, like you have a to do list, and you're like, today, I'm going to get it, it's going to be amazing. And, you know, things start to take like left field, nothing is going right, nothing is going, you know, how you planned. And, you know, we sometimes, you know, like get into a mood and then it's kind of hard to get out of that mood, you know, once you get there. But what are some things that you love to do to just kind of help you reignite that joy, bring you back to um, a clear headspace so that you can finish out the day strong versus letting your emotions like get the best of you? It's a little complicated. I mean, I think (laughs) the biggest thing to remember is that you are allowed to have bad days Mm -hmm. and you are allowed to feel upset. You are allowed to cry. You're allowed to be pissed off. You're allowed to be like, F all of this. I'm just going to lay in bed and watch Netflix if that's what you need. Now, being mindful of sometimes you have to like 
put your big girl panties on and finish the day. You know, like if you're having one of those days and you have a full day of clients, you got to go to work, you know, I mean, depending on the circumstance, but I don't think there is something that I do per se. I mean, I would say the littlest thing, and this is, I don't know, like literally just like taking a breath, (laughs) a mindful breath, not just like, you know, oh, you just need to breathe. No, but Mm -hmm. seriously, close your eyes, pause for a second and take an intentional breath. And I think when people talk about like your vibrations, when you set a vibration, the way to neutral out is to like, think of something good, whatever it may be. It may be like sunset on a beach. It may be your kids playing or sleeping. It may be like you having lunch with your mom. It could be any little thing, but when you really like visualize yourself being there, that's when you're going to neutral out. That's your happy place. And that's what raises your vibration. Absolutely. And you, you pointed something out that I I always try and make clear, like, it's okay to have bad days. I talk a lot about um, on my podcast, how like, some days I'm just like, F everything. Like, I'm just going to sit on the couch. I'm going to talk to my dog and not do anything because it's all of that overwhelm. But I know for me, going back to um, your practice, I know for me days where, you know, I just want to like sit in the ball and like cry all day, you know, what I do, I do the same thing. I take like deep, like meditative breaths. Um, and I might just go on a walk. I might just go on a really long walk. And during that walk, I'm just breathing. I'm doing long inhales, long exhales for forever long I need to. And to be like transparent, sometimes if I get in like a real, real mood, it might take me like an hour to just like chill out, to get zen, to just bring me, bring myself back to like a clear headspace. And then I can say, okay, good. I can, I can handle anything. I can handle anything. So I love that. And, you know, just something as simple as breathing, it can do such a huge transformation. So I'm right there with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Is believing. And so when you put that visual, like in your head of like where you want to be, your brain thinks that way. Like the way your brain works is that when you're watching a scary movie and something like scares you, your body is legit scared. It's a real feeling, even though you know you're not in actual danger because you're watching a movie, the, the physical reaction inside of you is really happening. And so if you want to find a happy place, you have to like put yourself there. And and I'm a big fan of like tools like candles or oils and crystals and things like that. But also remember that those are all tools and you can do it on your own. You know, just yeah. setting that intention in your brain, taking that time to breathe or walk or sleep or whatever it may be. Smile, putting an actual mm-hmm. smile on your face also tricks your brain into thinking you're happy. It's fascinating. Absolutely. And one thing that um, just popped in my head as you were saying that, you know, um, basically like recreating like a scenario in your head and you were talking about, you know, like crystals, candles and things like that. Um, One thing that I have been trying to um, force myself into is to not rely on like objects to help me bring um, myself back to um, clarity. Um, Because I have like 
what are there like those uh, meditations on my phone, um, hypnosis and things like that. And, you know, I don't always want to rely on that. I want to be able like, oh, well, if my technology goes down that I can just recreate that Zen myself and not have to worry about, you know, like a candle. But once you start your practice, if you want to add those things in to enhance it, then that would be like a total game changer. So I absolutely love that. Yes. So my very last question for you is where can we find you online and do you have any fun projects that you would like to share with us that you might have going on? Um, well, I'm mostly on Instagram. You can find me at Mindful Hair by Emily. And then um, my website, emilyalderson.com, has like all the things. It has my podcast. It has my um, extension stuff. I have all of the hats that I wear, yes. that's on there. Um, as far as projects, don't really have anything going. If you're a stylist that's listening and you want to be you want to share your story. Um, my podcast is all about like inspiring other stylists like Jasmine was on and we talked about her journey in the industry and it's just kind of my love letter to cosmetology to help encourage others wherever they may be. You know, like right today we're talking about different tips and things. And I think learning about other people's journeys is so powerful and that it gives us this like, oh, I could do that too, or that's a great idea. So if you wanted to be featured on that, I just love connecting with other stylists. Yes, guys. And I'm definitely going to encourage you to reach out to her because her podcast has really featured some amazing people and it's, and it's people that need to be featured. Um, people that have like some amazing stories. And I have like so many episodes that I still need to listen to um, on my walks, but yeah, she is amazing. You should definitely um, reach out to her or take a listen to her podcast or both. Um, but I'll have all of her details in the show notes so you can check her out. But thank you so much again, Emily, for being a guest here on the Beauty in the Network podcast. And I cannot wait for you guys to listen to next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.